if it's in your clothes, your wife and your children are going to share it, or husband, because I shouldn't be sexist and consider that only men do this work. Welcome to Safety Help with Tony Collins. Join him to learn how to improve workplace safety to be legally compliant, win more contracts, and increase profits. Welcome back, listeners. Tony Collins here from Safety Hub. And today we're going to talk about one of the biggest health issues in the workplace, and that is around asbestos. Today I've got Linda Dwyer from Capital Environmental Services. And I met Linda about a month ago at a presentation on asbestos. And I really value that information because I am still doing home renovations at the moment. And from her presentation and the information and knowledge I gained, I was able to take action and pretty much assure my wife and myself that our kids were not going to be put at harm by the work we were doing. And of course, asbestos is in the workplace as well. And this is a great opportunity to get an expert who's had many years' experience dealing with this particular health hazard. And that's why I've asked Linda, and she's agreed to talk all about it for us. So thank you, Linda, for agreeing to this. You're welcome. So to kick this off, are you able to just briefly explain to the audience a little bit about your experience and and what what you bring to the table? I When I left school, I did nursing. I did my nursing training and finished shortly before I got married and got married and moved to the big city and didn't go back nursing. And I started work in my early 30s after I'd had my children with the DSIR. And I've worked in the asbestos lab since about 1989 through DSIR, EI, HFS, ESR, and they sold us off in 1996, which is when we became Capital Environmental Services. Sure. And these companies, uh, for overseas listeners as well, yeah. they're, they're major... The ESIR was interna- internationally recognised. ESR still is by most people. We were considered not core business, being an analytical lag, but not really into research, so they sold us off. Sure. And do you have experience out in the field as well? I started when I, I was a lot younger when I started and yes I used to go out and do the testing and taking samples and doing surveys I've got a little bit long in the tooth and a little bit wide in the beam and I no longer do that but we've got young young men in the laboratory that go out and do what I used to do 30 years ago basically. Okay well for people who don't know anything about asbestos can you tell me a little bit about it? Asbestos is rock it's dug out of the ground it's a naturally occurring substance it's not that common in the ground in New Zealand because it's made from very old rock and New Zealand is pretty new but it's got some very useful properties it's um, non-conductive it's insulating it's easily gathered and used it splits into fibers and oh, it's just a very useful mineral and cheap well, rock out of the ground's pretty cheap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no really real manufacturing pro- cost other than the crushing and milling. Uh, blue asbestos was mined extensively in Wintanoom in Australia, and if you do a search on Wintanoom, you'll find they've closed the place down and the town's been abandoned, and I don't think anybody lives within a 50-mile radius. It was pretty bad. Uh, white asbestos is taken from Russia, China, United States, Canada... Um, brown asbestos is mostly South Africa. Okay, so why is this rock 
a problem? How can it hurt people? It, it's, it's fibrous. It has been developed by great pressure and great heat. And the crystals have lined up in lovely fibrils rather than crystallising into little shards and lumps and bumps. They line up in for um, amosite and chrysidolite, which is a brown and blue asbestos. They line up the crystal structures very much like I-beams in a building, mm-hmm. only a lot, lot smaller. So they split a, along the length rather than break in half, and you end up with very fine, very, very fine fibrils. And amosite, which is serpentine, is a bit more corkscrewy, but it's still breaks lengthways rather than breaks in half, and you end up with very long, very fine, uh, less than 2.5 microns into the bottom of the lungs, breathable fibres. Sure, sure. So what, what's a hair normally at? Is it? Five, six, seven, eight microns, right. depending on what nationality you are. Um, right. A pencil line, you know, if you draw a pencil sure. line, in that pencil line you could fit... If you made it an inch long pencil line, you could probably fit 20 or 30 million asbestos fibres. Okay. Okay. So we get an awful lot of these tiny fibres potentially reaching into the bottom of the, the lung. lungs. I, I'm assuming because your body can't eject it that small. You'd, well, it, it gets caught in the bottom of the lungs. It, you'd breathe in dust and it gets into the lungs. You've got things called microphages and enzymes that deal with the stuff that goes into your lungs, and it basically cleans it out and you cough it out. But asbestos being sharp and being not affected by acid stays there. And through many different processes, it causes three or four different types of disease. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not up on the process that much, but we can't expel it. We don't expel it. It gets into the bottom of the lungs, and it stays there. It doesn't dissolve. So that's pretty important. Once you've taken in a sufficient amount, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And it's different for everybody. Okay. Yeah, it's some people, it is dose-related, but for some people the dosage is a whole lot lower than it is for others. And once it's in your lung, there's no way to get it out. Get it out, And over a long period of time? If you work with it if, with a long period of time and you'll get a little bit every day, it's not so good. If you get... One exposure, it may not be an issue for you, or it may. It's it's. And there it, are people that die of mesothelioma, which is the the real killer that comes with asbestos, with no known asbestos exposure. Mm. So those people don't know where they've been exposed to asbestos. And there are people in their 20s and 30s dying of mesothelioma. So they've been exposed somewhere as children. What sort of disease does it create? And how how big of an issue is this for the population and therefore for an individual listening to this and, and apply, looking at their workplace? The stats are available on New Zealand on the Labor Department, the old Labor Department's website. They put a paper out every year on lung disease in New Zealand. Asbestos figures in that quite largely. At the least... You may end up with pleural plaques, which is basically just scarring of the lungs. You may get lung cancer, you may get asbestosis, or you may get mesothelioma. Uh, mesothelioma, once it's diagnosed, they say it's if you last six months after diagnosis, you're doing quite well. So once you've got it, it's pretty much a death sentence. It's 
was traditionally thought to be only caused by blue asbestos, but in the 1970s, the late 1970s, early 80s, they disproved that, that white asbestos also does it. So a lot of people go through this fallacy that white asbestos isn't bad and blue asbestos is really bad, when in actual fact, they should all be treated the same. And sure. under New Zealand regulations, they are. I guess we need to work out how 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 much exposure potentially is out there in the workplace and in the community. Can you tell us a little bit about where asbestos is used? What products do could you be exposed to it in? And we look up at my ceiling and I've got a lovely trowel <laughs> on asbestos roof. It's in a lot of homes, domestic homes, much like it is here, as a textured finish on the roof. If you know what it is and it's in good condition, such as this is in here, then it's not really an issue. I've lived this with this 20 years knowing what it is. I've got damage in the hallway after the storm. I'm having that removed. Once it starts to deteriorate, it's time to get it fixed. But you'll find it in textured finishes on ceilings and walls. You will find it um, on the floor Vinyls that went down between 1950 and the mid-70s were backed with asbestos. The glues that were made by ADOS for about 10-12 years contained asbestos in the mastic that they used. It is in uh, butanol-type products that they use as flashing on fancy architect-designed buildings where the you can't put metal flashings um, if they have the right period. That may contain asbestos. It's in melthoid tar-type roofing. It's in lino tiles, but it is not in long-run linoleum, as being different from vinyls. It's in concrete cement, cement sheet products. It is in lath and plaster, in some lath and plasters, mostly only in the good quality lath and plaster. It wasn't used... We found it in government buildings more than we found it in domestic buildings in the lard and plaster. It is in the door around a fire door, on a fire, on a chippy. It may be the tile that the fire is sitting on. It may be the backboard behind the fire in older homes. It may be in the flue. It may be the chimney. It may be the guttering, the downpipe, the ridge pole, the super six roofing. The tiles on the deck. We've covered the house. Pretty much. <laughs> what about in the workplace? In the workplace, it's a much in the same types of places and that you will get, in some offices, you'll get textured, textured finishes, depending on how big the buildings are or, you know, what kind of buildings they're in. Um, tiles in commercial buildings sometimes have the uh, are asbestos. Um, in fact, they're particularly nasty, the ones that do contain asbestos. It will be in the heating system if they're in an older building and they've got radiators. The radiators may be backed with asbestos. The water supply carrying the hot water to the radiators may be covered in asbestos. You and mean the piping? The, the piping, piping, all the piping. Uh, miles probably. Miles and miles of it. Okay. There is less of that around now, but it is still there. Schools, hospitals and ex-government buildings are still full of it. I've had photos this week that show a mess under a school. And it's it's public buildings. The private buildings have got it in too, but it's the big public buildings that... Did you say under a school? Under so a we're, school. we're out in the community. It's out in the community. It is out there. Mm. It's um, 
it has been damaged and taken off and not been removed and left lying under the schools. And nowadays everybody's putting fancy cabling in for the broadband and internet and power and upgrading everything. And so they go underneath the school to put the wiring in or into the roof space to put the wiring in and they come across all these asbestos lag pipes. Mm. So I guess the challenge is, someone listening to this, they're looking around their workplace and uh, you mentioned the the different colours of asbestos, but it may not be that easy to identify. Um, how how do people actually looking at a product go about identifying if they've got a potential hazard? If you've got a if you're working in an older building, I mean, if you're in a brand new building, theoretically there should be no asbestos in it. So anything pre nineteen ninety five, say should not contain asbestos. I won't say does not because they're still importing the stuff in building product. Um, we've had a skyline shed built in 1992 that tested positive in the cement sheet for asbestos. And realistically, that should never have occurred because asbestos was removed from cement sheet built made in New Zealand in the late 70s. Um, we have homes from 1984, 1985 that have got textured finishes that should not contain asbestos, but so they do. are you saying there are no controls to, while there may be controls around manufacturing in New Zealand, that there are no controls to import no. products with asbestos in it? No, there, there are, not. There are no? no? You're not allowed to import asbestos to make into a product, but if it is already incorporated into a product, it is allowed in. Okay. You can still buy gaskets that contain asbestos. So if you're a car junkie and doing your own gasket cutting for your custom-made car, then you need to check that what you're getting is not asbestos gasket material because you can still buy it. Right. So if people out there think that asbestos has been identified and controlled within New Zealand and eliminated from the supply chain and we're dealing with a legacy, uh, that's not the case. No, it's not the case. Two years ago, we had a sample from New Zealand Customs of a cement sheet product coming in from where a lot of cheap stuff comes from. And <laughs> and um, they sent it to us because it was labelled as non-asbestos containing, but it was called asbestine. And, of course, it did. It had asbestos in. Sure. And, and so I don't know whether they let the shipment in. That's... Not what we do, but we definitely identified it in this product that was heading to New Zealand. Okay, so identification, back to that. So you may be uh, at work, it might be you, your school, might be your work, and you've identified problem under Something the school. Something that like looks suspicious, yes. Yeah, or, or your workplace or your home, because, you know, listeners, or everyone goes home, I suppose, so let's widen it out. How do people go about identifying if they have a problem? If it's something like a textured ceiling or a cement sheet or a piece of vinyl... It's not a big issue for the people to take the sample themselves. But if it is a, in a product that is really friable, you know, really dusty or that breaks up really easily, then I would suggest that they get somebody in that knows what they're doing to do it. And, and really, they need a specialist contractor to do that. Before that step, though, they need to confirm. For example, this is what I did based on your advice uh, a month ago from that presentation. Yeah, for ceiling. Yeah, took a sample. Yeah, that's fine for a sample. Gotcha. But if you come across pipe laggings that are hanging off a pipe, you know, as soon as you see them, I would back out and shut the door because the fi- the fibre release off that kind of product in a draft is enormous. Gotcha. 
the potential for contamination from a, a very fireable pipe lagging product is huge. Okay. So even a draft will cause problems. Okay. So so there are two two things there. Um, when you need to identify if it is asbestos and how big that problem is, um, it sounds to me that you should be taking advice first before you did what I did, which mm. was um, well, grateful for the advice and took a sample off my roof and uh, and it came back negative. So that was great. But I did that on advice. I made sure that that was okay to do. Mm. Um, it sounds like that's what people should be doing first, getting yeah. advice. Taking a ceiling sample is not, not a big issue. The chances of you... Uh, causing yourself harm, taking a teaspoonful of product off the roof is pretty small. It's the really friable stuff, as in pipe laggings and stuff like that, and going to cut things with a power saw or a power drill on cement sheet products that causes the problems because mm. you've got a big release of fibre. Mm. And the fibre is, you know, it's broken down into very small fibres. Yeah, we've now identified we've got a problem, whether that is by someone taking a sample and coming back with a positive or getting a, a person in, in and, and they tell you, yeah, you've got a problem here. Obviously, if you've identified a problem, you, you, you want to take the next step, and that's to remove it. And I've heard some horror stories out there, but w what should we be doing at this point? You should make sure that you are getting somebody that is a re reputable asbestos contractor that that that's what he specialises in is asbestos removal work. There are a lot of people out there that are allowed to take off. It's not restricted for cement sheet. Cement sheet is considered non-friable, which I would argue, and so it can be done by a builder as long as they follow the health and safety in the workplace and asbestos regulations. So as long as they do it correctly, they can do it. But more often than not, they don't clean up their mess when they're finished. And though they remove all the cement sheet or the Super 6 roof, they don't clean out all the pink bats in the roofing space that's now con heavily contaminated with broken bits of asbestos. And so you've still got residual problem. In fact, the residual problem in the ceiling void is probably a lot more than the Super 6 roofing was originally. Mm. And, and I, I can almost hear people listening to this saying, yeah, I get that, but our business, let's say they're not a large one, can't afford to get someone in. Or I'm at home and I'm just going to do it myself. And they may get one of those bra cup mouth filters that you need next a P3. to nothing. Yeah. You need a P3. And unless you're clean shaven, they, you're wasting your time wearing one. You know, For a man, he needs to be clean shaven. Because the the, the fibers are so small, they'll that get, they will get through. They're, they're smaller than the yeah. whiskers. That uh, yeah, more than a day's growth, and you've got a problem. So it's so I guess what I'm trying. No, I get the argument people will have out there. We can't afford to do this, and 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 what they're actually saying is we're going to sacrifice our health oh. potentially. So, do you have any? Is there anything you can tell us? Any stories that you may have heard? So we can shake people up. The take story I tell most is that asbestos is the only problem in the workplace or when you're renovating your home that you will share with everybody you meet if you don't take proper precautions. You will carry it in your tread of your shoes into your car, whereas it may start off as a piece of fibre that you can see. And the, peach, the potential of a piece of fibre the size of a hair, say an inch of hair, 
is quite literally 10 or 15 million fibres if you drop it on the floor and then walk on it. So a little bit will come off today and a little bit tomorrow. If it's in your clothes, your wife and your children are going to share it, or husband, because I shouldn't be sexist and consider <laughs> that only men do this work. You know, it's it's the one workplace hazard that people that are working, builders and plumbers and electricians, that if they start puddling in it, that they're going to take home and share. And it sounds to me that it will be invisible. So you, can't you won't see, it. see the problem. I had a gentleman come in last week, was in a roof space. It's very unusual but they had had insulation, asbestos insulation sprayed into the roof space. And he came in to bring a sample in. He says, everybody's told me, no, no, it's rock wool. He says, but I thought I'd better get it checked. And he come in, he's an electrician, and he brought in a little bag of stuff. He says, oh, it's broken up in the bag since I took it off because it was quite, you know, it was stuck together and quite hard. And it turned out to be a 100% price top. And his trousers, his knees were white, and his elbows were white. He says, I've just dusted myself off. And so the advice was go and dump your clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, wash your shoes well. You'll probably keep those. They'll mm-hmm. be leather. Mm-hmm. But he basically went back to work, took all his clothes off and dumped them and got changed. Mm-hmm. And this is a probably a relatively informed tradesman. Well, he he seemed to know what he was looking at. He was... Mm. He was sure enough that it wasn't rock wool to get it tested. Mm. Yeah, it was last Friday. Oh, good on him for following his instinct. Yeah. So, um, and hopefully this will help other people take notice. You know, the men are notorious for not washing their hands. And if they dust off their knees and then wipe their hands on their jersey or their shirt or their coat, you've got trillions of fibres potentially sitting on your clothes and you go home and give your wife a hug or your child a hug and they're going to come up to your shoulder and they're going to get a lungful, quite literally a lungful. Okay, that's scary. And and that's firemen, you know, been through a fire where there's asbestos in their boots and in their gloves and, yeah. So we've we've got a problem in the workplace and in the community and it's going to be here for a long while, and we need to be informed and make good decisions. If people need, listening to this, want to find out more, uh, someone to talk to, perhaps uh, take a sample and get it tested and get further advice, how do they get in contact with you and your company? We've got a website, www.fibers.co.nz and that's the English spelling of fibers, not the American. So it's good old B-R-E rather than B-E-R. I am usually the one that answers the phone at work because I can answer most of the questions. But yeah, we give advice over the phone. Great, thank you Linda. And I'll put that link on the well, on my website, safetyhub.co.nz. So Really grateful for that information. Uh, you helped me and hopefully will help other people. You're welcome. Thank you. You're Bye. This has been another episode on Workplace Safety by Tony Collins. For more tips, visit safetyhub.co.nz and join the free newsletter.